Yo, yo, yo. <clears throat> I want to apologize off rip because I kind of sound like uh, I got a lump in my throat. But it's your boy Kaz once again for Say Less. Thank you for subscribing on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, and of course, you can listen to this anywhere. But if you want to see me in all my glory and all my scruffy quarantined glory, you can go to youtube.com slash Kazim on my YouTube page. Follow that. We building that thing out brick by mother effing brick. Today's episode is a goodie if you're a wrestling fan. Um, obviously, if you know me, you know my story. Um, I worked in the WWE for about a year. And uh, I never really got to talk about the in-depth about the talent that I've worked with and the people I've worked with. But the guy, uh, one of the guys that I worked with very intensely and a guy that I was really proud to work with was Leo Rush. And he's on the episode today. Um, NXT superstar, 205 Live superstar, former Cruiserweight champion, former mouthpiece to the almighty Bobby Lashley on Monday Night Raw. And uh, if you enjoyed, uh, you know, that tandem and that pairing for that year that they ran and uh, while Lashley was Intercontinental Champion and teaming up with John Cena and taking on Elias and Kevin Owens and uh, all these great uh, fun times that I get to look back at with Finn Balor also, um, this is our story. This is a story of, you know, how we work together, the high times, the low times, uh, the fun parts, not so fun parts. We talk about everything. Um, Leo's a great guy, good friend, uh, somebody I always go to bat for, super talented. Um, but here we go. Uh, this is a long one, so if, I know the, the podcast is called Say Less, but we could have easily kept this conversation going for another hour. But uh, this is a good one. If you're into the ins and outs of making pro wrestling television. So... Without further ado, Emilio, hit the fucking music. Alright, before we get this episode started, I want to apologize off rip because my voice is shot like shit. So, I might sound like Kermit the Frog mixed with uh, the nanny mixed with... uh, Tony Soprano or something, but welcome back to Say Less with Kaz. It's your boy here. Thank you for subscribing on uh, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google, uh, anywhere you can listen to podcasts. But obviously, if you love the podcast, if you love listening to it, uh, the best thing you can do is subscribe to my YouTube page. That's youtube.com slash Kazim to see the full interview and all its visual glory, obviously, with everything going on now. It's not easy um, to be making content, but I am dedicated to building this motherfucker brick by brick. Um, <clears throat> today's episode is fun, and obviously, if you've been listening to this show, watching it, um, most of the guests on the show have been dear friends of mine or people I just admire. And luckily this guy is both of those people. Um, he's a guy that I worked with my WWE days very closely. Um, and in addition to that, he's just one of the, the, one of the coolest guys I know, one of the most inspirational guys I know. 
um, one of the best wrestlers on the entire planet. He is a former NXT Cruiserweight champion. Uh, he used to manage my guy, Bobby Lashley. Uh, we worked together a lot during those fun days. And uh, he's just like really creative, fun, young, you know, superstar on the rise, man. So everybody on Say Less, make some noise. Woo! <laughs> my partner, Leo Rush. What's going on, man? <laughs> I know my voice sounds like shit. We're going to make this shit happen, bro. I'm here with you. I got the tea. I got the tea ready. <laughs> Wait, let me see the, let me see the cup. Look at that. Look at that. I'm the shit, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Well, welcome to Say Less. It's been a long time coming, you know. Uh, Leo, obviously, you are, you know, somebody that we got. We got a lot of history, you know. I mean, when it comes to (laughs) game, it comes to wrestling. But first off, I was going to ask, you know, how have you been uh, holding down the household during this whole quarantine going through? Yeah, man, it's been, uh, it's been rough. I'm not going to lie. Um, but you know, I, I'm lucky to have my boys here with me. For those of you who don't know, I got two boys, six year olds and a, uh, a two year old, um, as well as my wife. I got two dogs. So we're all in here. We're, we're, we're trying to, you know, get through this together. Um, we, we have some rough days. Uh, but we, we also tell me about it. <laughs> well, yeah, dude, it's, it's, you know, it's they, they don't tell you about, right? Like, especially if you're in a relationship, I'm in a relationship too. Yeah. Yeah, my days. I'm just like, I'm just going to be downstairs, bro. Just I know, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's it, it's rough, man. We got to separate ourselves sometimes so we don't go <laughs> too crazy, but we're we hanging in there. Oh yeah, that's good to hear though. It's good to hear though, man. Um, but yeah, let's 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 get right into it, bro. I mean, I feel like this is gonna be a fun episode because you know I've talked about my time in WWE, and you know I've never really like gone in depth about a lot of things. But like, there's only a couple people I can really talk in depth about it with. That's probably like the New Day, uh, and you and Lashley, because like you know you guys are the people. I've worked with like very closely. So um, I remember, take me back to the day that you got the call up where, you know, obviously we know you were killing it on the indies. We know you had a, a run with NXT with like Baba Tunde and still trying to work things out down there with like Velveteen and stuff. Mm. But I, I want to, I want, I want to hear your day, like how it felt like for you when you got called up. And I'm going to tell you, my experience when you get on the Okay. So I remember, you know, at the time I was, uh, I just got caught up to 205 Live. And I remember I was on a pretty good run. And I was, uh, you know, I was helping build the brand, I was helping build my character. And it was just a Friday. Well, I don't even think it was filmed at Friday at the time. I think it was, we yeah. were on that, uh, what was it, Tuesday schedule? So yeah. I remember it was a Tuesday. Uh, just finished up with 205 Live. Um, the week went on, and um, I get a text. Uh, I get a text at, like, Saturday or Sunday saying, hey, just getting travel together. We need you for Monday. And I'm like, Monday? <laughs> Like I don't, I don't travel on Mondays. I travel on Tuesdays and they were like, yeah, we need you for Monday night raw. And I'm like, what in the world? Okay. Like I'll be there. 
they didn't tell me anything. Um, mm. They just said that they needed me on Monday. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll head out there. And um, I get to the building. Uh, of course, I'm all suited up. First time on Monday Night Raw, nervous <laughs> as hell, trying to figure out what's going on. And um, a couple of hours go by. And I remember, I remember Bobby walking up to me and catering. And he said, hey, what's going on, man? Uh, nice to meet you. I, I was just watching your videos on on Instagram and Twitter. Just wanted to say I'm a big fan of your work and uh, I'm excited to work with you. And I'm like, work? <laughs> like, what, what's going on here? And he's like, oh, you didn't hear? Uh, we're going to be doing something together. I don't know exactly what it is yet, but I think we're going to be like a team. And I'm like, me? <laughs> like, like, what is going on? And uh, I remember Paul Heyman walking up to me and saying, so here's the deal. This is what's going to happen. And you're going to be Bobby Lashley's manager, but don't think of it as a manager role. And I was just so confused by that. I did not know. <laughs> I did not know what that meant at all. And he was like, so we want to call you like his hype man. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. right? And I, it was so crazy, man. I remember like rehearsing that promo uh, of of Bobby in the gym working yeah. out. Always reps. <laughs> man, it was the most nerve wracking thing ever because I've never, I was never known as a promo guy, mm-hmm. and here I am Monday Night Raw managing a legend. And I have to talk for him. And I'm like, man, this is this is really nerve wracking. And I, I just remember, you know, trying to think about managers that I used to watch, like when I was younger and like who I can kind of mold myself uh, after. And I thought about guys like uh, Heenan and I, I, I thought about the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. And I was like, let me just try to be like over the top. And I'll never forget Paul Heenan, like just coaching me through that the entire time and we tried to pre-tape it and we just weren't getting it and by the mm-hmm. time it came up we were like all right we got to go live and i'm like Shit. <laughs> this is gonna be the end of my career right now <laughs> but dude that was the most hands down one of the most craziest days of my life man like i still can't believe it to this day it was unreal yeah, I, I I remember that day well too because uh, um, God, who was running two hundred five at the time? Was it uh, I want to say his name Beckstrom. Beckstrom, John Beckstrom. So yeah. Beckstrom had told me because I know we were working together on some two hundred five stuff. Like I had just got there, and uh, you know when you get there. They don't really like throw you right on the raw for like the big segments. They kind of work yeah. your way up with like 205 stuff. So I remember me and you were like working on like some stuff. And then a couple of days later, I, even, I, I I just saw you like walking around in a suit on Monday. <laughs> I was like, oh, what's going on, bro? Like, we yeah. here tonight? He's like, yeah. So I see the promo and I'm dying laughing. Because <laughs> it's like, it was such like, not a departure from your 205 character because the 205 character was like super duper like swagged out confident got the hat and the hoodie and like you know what I mean like very 
very 2018, like, yeah. okay, this guy's like, he's he's a guy who's on Instagram. He's a guy who gets it. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not like a stereotype, a stereotype of, of a young black kid. Like, he is that. So like, I was like, to shift it to raw, when you just turned into like, <laughs> like you said, like the mouth of the South type of dude, like for that first promo, I was like, oh man, this is going to be so fun. And it's funny that you brought up Heyman because uh, Heyman was, and I, and I always say this whenever anybody asks, like Heyman was like one of my biggest supporters. And like to this day still is just about like anything I do work-wise. He's somebody who like always went to bat and I always went to bat for you and Lashley as well. You know what I mean? Like I remember the first time we worked together, you know, I, I had did a, a few New Day things and a few things with like SmackDown and that was going well. So then it was like, yo, we want you to kind of like head up this like Lashley Leo thing. So I was like, all right, this will be fun. It's like, you know, black guys, like I write for black guys, this works. Like I could just kind of like, I I like talk my shit through them. Yeah, yeah. So I remember the first, your debut when, you know, like you're entering like, promo in the arena debut. Yeah. I think it was Elias. You were uh-huh. interrupting Elias. And at that point, like, if you interrupt Elias, it's a big moment. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So I thought of it like that. It was like everybody that was interrupting Elias before them was like either legends or like, it was like Trish Stratus at one time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like all these like big moments. So I'm like, <clears throat> and it's at the top of the hour. So I'm like, okay. This is like a big, like this is like a a, a, a shit a get off the pot moment for me too. Yeah. So I remember us just being like, you know, when we're when we're putting the shows together, we're just like attached at the hip up until it's showtime. It's yeah. like going through rehearsals, going through physicality, going through dialogue, and I remember you not being like, like you may have said you were nervous, but you didn't like really show it. Like, you know, Lashley was almost like, I almost felt like Lashley was a little bit more nervous. And I'm like, I, I felt it. I felt <laughs> it too. I'm not going to lie, man. Uh-huh. And, and I feel like the, the reason why I wasn't made, like I was definitely nervous. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that first initial promo with me coming out and interrupting Elias, again, huge moment because like you said, like at the time, just legends were coming out and interrupting mm-hmm. him. So I'm like, the, I think the, the thing that I was most nervous about because it was just legends interrupting him was the fact that I was going to come out and I was afraid of the crowd saying, like, who the hell yeah. who is this guy? Uh-huh. Because I'm sure, you know, and everybody else knows that's listening to this right now that, you know, still to this day, 205 Live is just on the network and a lot of people might not even have watched 205 Live before. Right. But I felt some type of confidence uh, with that certain promo because it was literally just introducing myself. Right. And at the time when I was on 205 Live, that's all I did was tell people who I was. I'm the man of the hour. I'm the 23-year-old. <laughs> so I, I felt pretty comfortable with that. The, the, the thing that I was most nervous about was people just like who the hell is this guy but yeah that was that was crazy that was that was pretty fun well, there was a point in the promo where and shout out to renee young renee young like 
put you over super hard. Yeah. Like, you know, I, was, I was like, all right. And I knew like Renee, she's the best. Like she's one of those people that like anytime like I walked into Gorilla, I mind you, she was still kind of like getting worked into being like a uh, you know, a commentator doing like uh play by play or whatever. Mm. Um every time I walked into Gorilla, she would always be like excited. She'd be like, yo, anytime you're on here, like some some fun's gonna happen. Like you're like yeah. the fun, you're the fun dude, right? Yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, when she went out there, her and Cole and let's let's rewind a little bit. So the way you became the hype man, right? Yeah. It was initially like and I, I hope I'm not burying anybody by saying this. Initially, <laughs> they were gonna call you uh, Bobby Lashley's handler, right? Oh my gosh, I remember <laughs> that? Oh right. my goodness, Bobby handler. And I'm like, and I'll never forget it. It was me, you, uh, and a big person that, like, and mind you, I'm still new, so yeah. I wasn't gonna go up to Vince and be like, uh, this isn't probably like the best phrasing to use like no. <laughs> and shout outs to Kevin Owens great guy KO was the first person like I'm not comfortable calling another black guy somebody's handler bro yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I'm not either like I don't think yeah. that's good. so um me and KO walked to Gorilla and literally minutes before you went out there it was me Kevin Vince and uh I think Michael Cole and no, Michael Cole's on the headset. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, he's like, yeah, we don't think it's a good idea to call him a handler. And Vince is looking at me like, what do you mean? Like, he's, he's Hollywood. Like, in Hollywood, the people have handlers all the time. Like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, that's true. But, like, you know, like, I'm just saying, like, why why, why touch that stove if you don't need to? You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a sensitive time right now. Yeah. Like, oh, they both, like, so he was like, what do we call him? And uh, it was me and extra spectrum was as well and it was like uh i'm thinking more of like a he's kind of like a hype man he's kind of like a flavor flavor type like not flavor flavor but you know he's more like don king's with mike tyson like you know yeah. like he's like not the promoter but like outside of a promoter he's the hype man it's like let's make it sound a little 20 2018 yeah yeah and this goes well god damn it he's a hype man <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes in the headset he's like oh we're not calling him a handler. He's Leo's hype man. He's like, all right. <laughs> and then out you went, cut the promo, and and that was that. And, and the rest kind of kind of took off from there. Um, another time I would love to talk about. Uh, let, let's talk about a couple of those uh, those promos that got you really you and Lashley really hot. Because it wasn't like you were just kidding, sitting there talking. It was like a combination of things. Like, granted, everybody was there to see Lashley. Lashley was the name. But you would come out there, you would talk your shit, and then, you know, everybody would want to get their hands on you, and they couldn't. And then that's when, like, everybody, like, that watched 205 Live or watched Ring of Honor or watched Japan knew that, like, you were athletic as hell. But I don't think anybody got to see you in that light. What was it like to be, to get the best of, like, and Elias at the time, who was hot as fish grease, and Kevin Owens, who was like a former Universal Champion. Like you're running, you're doing splits and backflips and all this type of stuff. And like people were talking about those moments. After yes. all. what was it like for you? I think it was it was so surreal. I feel like I was still coming off of the high of just debuting on Raw. 
of that first initial promo with Bobby in the gym. And I think the following week it was, was when I came out, I ended up cutting that promo. And then later on in the night was when I was doing the flips and jumping over Elias and all of that. But what was so crazy to me was the fact that on the same night, and I believe if I'm not mistaken, it was the same night that The Undertaker came back to Raw. Right. right. And at the beginning of Raw. Right. Yes. Right. Exactly. And at the beginning of that Raw, they showed a promo package that opened up Raw. The intro didn't even come on yet. A promo package came on Raw, and it was my debut of <laughs> jumping over Elias and doing the backflips, and they couldn't catch me, and Bobby pressing me over. <laughs> I, I just I just couldn't believe it, man. Like, for Raw to come on, and my face was the first face that everybody saw, that was that was just so surreal to me. I, I was I was lost for words. Yeah, I mean, it was at a time that was like, uh, I think Lashley needed it too. I mean, he had come back, and you know, he was he was hot off of his Impact run and his mixed martial arts run, and I felt like he needed something to get people excited about him. You know what I mean? Like we've always. You know, we, um, Lashley's a legend. He's done everything that there is to do in this company and in his business. But, you know, he never really had that thing. It was just like, oh, he's a big, strong, super athletic, real-life ass kicker, right? Yeah. But you gave him, like, this other side of him that just made him, like, entertaining as hell. Yeah. Because, like, the dynamic between you two was, like, I know you talked about it for a little bit, was kind of like The Rock and Kevin Hart, where it's, mm. like, <laughs> The Rock's muscle, and you're, like, a little chatterbox that was, like, always, you know, behind them. Um, I'd love to talk about the time where we were in Seattle. And we had and, – and mind you, a lot of times when, when you're writing – you know, you never really know if you did, if you had like a good segment until it's over and you sit down and like you, you hear the reaction or like, you know, Vince comes and gives you a handshake or like somebody, some of the big dudes, like, oh man, that was a great job. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's one of two things, right? Like when you're done, a good job is you don't hear nothing from Vince at all. Just quiet. Yeah. Like, all right. Oof, okay. I didn't fuck up. Yeah. A fantastic job. Is Vince bringing you over like, oh, that was fantastic. Great yeah. job. Great job. <laughs> and I remember after those promos, we I, I never I never not got a good job working with you guys. Like it was just we just had like that chemistry. Like every time we all went out there, we knew we were gonna do something funny. We knew yeah. we were gonna do some entertaining. We knew we were gonna get the crowd crazy, whatever. Elias was really dope at that time too. Like yeah. he was he was a big part of that and KO. Um, but I feel like Seattle was one of those moments where like people still talk about, yeah. um, talk to me about that day because it was more, it's more or less about Elias and KO getting that huge reaction and you having to come in and like ride that wave. How Man, you know what I wish so <laughs> much for was that. If there was a camera in Gorilla that day, filming what was happening, filming all the reactions, oh my gosh, (laughs) 
that would have been some film that would have been saved, archived, you know, put on a, a special <laughs> because that that moment of Elias saying what he said, literally the crowd booing him for the next three minutes straight. straight. No, no, and I just remember looking at you. I remember looking at Vince. I remember looking at Heyman and just saying to myself, like, I have to go out there. And <laughs> like, I just the fact that I had to go out there was just like, like, do I still have to do this promo? <laughs> it was like, the deal was done at that point. It was like, yo, what, what can we do to like change this? Yeah, like, man. I remember hearing like, uh, God damn, I heard uh, God, it was not Kern, not what's the dude's name. Um, anyway, I was hearing in the headset in the, in the production truck where, you know, obviously everything's timed. And I'm like, all right, minutes, hit Leo's music. And like, they're waiting for my cue. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 let this keep going. Let them keep going. Like, this is what I'm saying. And you're looking at me like, what are you? <laughs> at, at this point, I was hoping that they kept going. So that we just run out of time and I don't have to go out there. That's what I was hoping for. And then you went out there and, you know, once you talk about the size, it's like, it's, it is persona non grata over there, man. And I remember talking to Elias because we had a whole different promo set up. We had something set up where, you know, <clears throat> shout out to Ryan Callahan who helped me write that. Um, he was just like, man, he, uh, are you sure this is gonna work? Because Elias isn't like the biggest sports buff. Yeah. But he was like, he's like, you, you think they care about the Supersonics? You think it's gonna work? I'm like, no, trust me, it's gonna work. Okay, it's gonna work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then they went out there, and when they came back through Gorilla, and he was like, shit, I guess it'll work. <laughs> <laughs> so and then and then you went out there and you, you talked and did what you had to do. What did it feel like? For you, I, my heart was beating out of my chest <laughs> because I w- I'll never forget. I remember, I remember it was a few years back ago, and I can't remember if it was either Stephanie or if it was Hunter, mm. but I will never forget. It was fresh off of when CM Punk was like not a part of the company anymore, right. and that era of people just relentlessly chanting CM Punk for absolutely no reason at all. Mm -hmm. It could be the most random thing that's happening in the match and they'll just chant CM Punk. And I always admired Stephanie or Hunter just keeping on a straight face and just continuing to deliver the promo, Mm -hmm. like not even acknowledging what was going on in the crowd. Mm -hmm. And I always was like, man, like, how did they do that? And I was just out there as I was cutting this promo and they would just not stop booing, they would not stop booing at all. And I was like, there's just no way I'm going to get through this promo, but somehow, some way, I don't know who was with me that day, but I got through that promo. No, no glitches, no, no botched words, no anything. And I, I was so proud of myself for getting through that promo because that was by far the the craziest reaction 
And the, the sound, the audio on TV does not do it justice. It didn't do it The building, yeah, I remember the key arena is an old ass arena. Like yeah. it is, it is basically a high school gym with mad seats, right? So the floor is literally shaking. Yeah. <laughs> and like the let's go Sonics chances breaking out and like just yelling and like they couldn't even get a word out. Like yeah. it was one of those things I'll never it was probably like one of my proudest moments there. I'm just like, yeah. yo, this is like attitude era level, like this it was hatred. <laughs> like you know, it was crazy, super crazy. Um so I want to talk about another fun day at the office. Uh, Manchester, England. <laughs> we got a couple weeks going, and uh, it's, it's a good couple weeks. We got a lot of energy. Um, I think you had just turned heel. The you and Bobby just turned heel on Finn. And, uh, you know, mind you, at that point, we're still trying to – before that, we were trying to turn, you know, keep Lashley baby. Yeah. And uh, – at that time, you were doing so well. It was like, and nobody wants to cheer these guys. They want to boo them. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. What's wrong with it? Like, this is going to be great. Like, it's going to be, it's going to work. And we get to TV, and I get an email saying, you know, basically, mind you, people who don't know how the kind of process works, you write maybe like as soon as Monday's over. Tuesday, you're already working to next Monday, and it's like draft after draft after draft after draft. <clears throat> and we're in Manchester, so we're shooting a couple days earlier than usual. Uh, and we get to TV, and it's like, yeah, you know all that stuff we've been doing about you know, 20 pieces of gold, and looks like money, smells like money, and money, and right about a machine, and like all those cat phrases we were doing, like, we're dead in all that. Yeah. all um, take me back to the debut of the favorite pose. Oh my <laughs> gosh, dude! Just when you thought that things couldn't get more crazier, <laughs> here we are, Manchester, England. Like you said, everything, literally everything that was working so well, <laughs> like all the catchphrases, all of all of the the screaming out loud, all of the, the lastly chance, all of the, <laughs> just everything just right. gets cut, just scratched. And I just remember mindful. I didn't even step in the arena yet. I just kind of yeah. like went straight to the locker room and I was backstage and catering. And I just remember hearing that news and I'm like, man, what are we going to do? Like, <laughs> like what, like, so, like, what are we doing? And I remember somebody just saying, like, come back to us later on today and we'll have some, like, details for you. So I'm just chilling. I'm hanging out. And I remember, I'll never forget, I walked down to the ring, uh, rehearsing some stuff, and I see a goddamn podium <laughs> in the middle of the ring. And I'm like, Please, God, please don't let this be. <laughs> please, please don't let this be for me and Lashley. <laughs> and I remember at the time, it, at first, it was just like a box. Mm -hmm. And they were like, 
well, this looks weird. Can we get something else? Like, and about an hour later, they bring out this big circle table podium thing. And I'm like, oh man, this is, this is about to get real weird. (laughs) And we get back and, oh man, I think this was like one of the first times where I had an actual long conversation with Vince And it was by far the weirdest conversation (laughs) I've ever had in my life. And he described all of the poses. He described everything that he wanted from the biceps to the chest curls to to, to just everything that, that he had no idea about. Me and Bobby had no idea what these poses were. And then right. he he said at the end of Bobby doing the side chest, the lat spread, I want him to bend over, face the crowd, and you comment on his gluteus maximus. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Like I, my mind was gonna, it was gonna explode. It, yeah. I was just like, "What is happening right now?" <laughs> and he, and you hear about these stories, yeah, about Vince on these podcasts, about these meetings, <laughs> and Vince reenacting what exactly he wants done. Right. I will never forget me and Bobby just looking at each other, being so confused, and like, <laughs> "What do you, what do you mean you want him to comment?" And I'll I'll never forget, Vince stood up, got from behind his desk, stood in front of me and Bobby, bent over, and tapped his ass. That's what I want you to do. (laughs) So here's the thing about Vince, right? Like, a lot of people don't get about him. Any crazy thing that you see on TV, 99%, he's doing it first. He's going to show you exactly how he wants it done. And Vince is, you know, I guess if you're like an 80s baby, you would know. But he used to run a thing called the WBF, like the World Bodybuilding Federation. Yeah. So, like, he's like a, a a fitness nerd. Like, he knows every single, like, it's not just poses. Like, he knows what they're called. He knows what muscle it's, it's showcasing. He knows every single thing about it. Yeah. So, like, watching him go through that, I was just like, oh, my God, this is, this is, they're trying to make a fool out of him. It's not going to work. You know what I mean? I'm like, what what is he doing? And, and and that was like my first, like Vince McMahon is like really a genius moment. Cause none of us were like there. He's going to be dead in the water. Like, no, no one's going to give up. You know what I mean? But week after week, after week, you know, you come out and, Everybody's wanting the favorite pose. <laughs> like, I remember, like, I'm walking Bobby to like to 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 like a backstage set, and I think like we had to walk through some of the audience or whatever. Yeah, and like yeah. moms are like, Bobby, we want it. We can't see the favorite pose. Spread the gluteus maximus and all this shit. And I'm like, these people, they are they really going for this. Like, this is hilarious. I had to remember the names, like the exact names for every muscle. I had, Mm. Bobby had to practice like the poses because if they weren't right, 
Vince, Vince was going to be pissed. <laughs> right. And right. Uh, I'll never forget that first day where we had to learn this. Uh, be mindful that this is hours before, uh, like maybe an hour or two before the, the doors opened and the show started. Right. Me and Bobby are just backstage on YouTube. <laughs> looking, looking at these poses, trying to get them down packed. And I'm like looking up the exact names for these poses. And I'm like, yeah. man, this is, this is a wild ride. And I just knew from that day on, it was just going to get weirder and weirder. Yeah. But, but that's, you know, like you just, if, you know, I, I've had friends who have like, wanted to know what it's like to work there and like wrestler friends. It's like what it's like. I'm like, yo, just be ready for anything. Yeah. <laughs> Shit could sure change on a, on a whim, on a drop of a dime, like on some, like on some Deshaun Jackson type of like quick cut, like you yeah. can be great. And be like, yo, we're, we're running a post route now. Like it's, it's insane, but the dude just like, this is all he knows. And, you know, who the fuck am I to tell this dude, you know what I mean? Like what to do with his like billion dollar company and his talent that he's built from what like when you're there, you know, like throw your two cents or throw something like that. But at the end of the day, he's been doing this for damn near 60 years for a reason. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's, he's one of those guys where, you know, it's, I feel like the Leo and Lashley run had so much legs to it. And I think by the time I had left, um, you were Lashley, and, you know, you guys were like really on a run and heading to WrestleMania and like having WrestleMania moments. Um, So to go from NXT 205 mouthpiece competitor WrestleMania, like, tell me about being in New York in MetLife for that, just that moment. Uh, man, that, um, that moment was extremely special for me. Uh, I think a lot of guys, um, whether it's past, present, or current, um, you know, WWE superstars, a lot of people uh, want to just jump the gun, like right to the next thing. Uh, I, I see it all the time in, in some cases where guys get caught up like right away mm-hmm. and they haven't had the experience to, you know, see what this part of the WWE universe is like. And then this part and then this part and this part. I think it was just so cool for me and I, I'll never forget it, man. I, I, I'll, I'll cherish that day until the day I die because to be on that stage and to look back on everything, every single last thing that I've been through uh, within the company, you know, from, from getting signed and being called a, a wrestling prodigy, uh, to quickly getting myself into some deep shit and not, you know, knowing what the future was for me uh, in the company to, you know, getting that short run on NXT 
quickly being called up to 205 Live, getting to experience the entire 205 Live division, uh, and then going on Raw, having that run with Bobby Lashley, um, with all of the craziness, all of the good times, all the bad times, being able to be a part of the Mixed Match Challenge, which was super fun. Right. And even even like the Royal Rumble, even that was a moment for me. Like it, it was so, it was just so cool. It, same with Survivor Series. Um, everything leading up to that moment, it was just such a emotional roller coaster. And that just topped it all off. That was the icing on the cake. That was what made it all worth everything. You know, like I've, I fought so hard for that moment, man. I fought my ass off. I I scratched and I clawed for it. I busted my ass every day. You know, nothing was handed to me. And if, and if it was handed to me, I was well underprepared and I was thrown to the wolves and I, and I, and I made myself adapt and learn and, and overcome all of those obstacles and to put, be able to, you know, truly say that, you know, I feel like I earned that that spot with Bobby at at, at, at WrestleMania, and it was just such a, a good feeling. Right. <clears throat> um, let's take it back to you mentioned it early in your career in the WWE. You got into some deep shit. Like yeah. the tweet is something that you know. I guess in a retrospect, you probably wish you would have just left in the drafts. Um, and a lot of times. People see that type of stuff. You don't, you know, especially in this crazy world of professional wrestling, you don't know what's real, you know, what's fake. You don't know what's, you know, not fake, but you don't know, you know, what's when you're being worked or this is part of a storyline or whatever. Yeah. You had some real, real deal heat back then. Um, tell me a little bit about how uh, you kind of dug yourself out of that. For people who may not be, aware of exactly what happened. Could you like yeah. cast speed? So I remember I, I just got signed to the to to the WWE, um, a part of the NXT brand. And I saw a tweet from WWE saying that uh Emma had got released, a uh, former WWE um diva, if if you guys don't know. Um but I remember seeing that and I'll never forget. I was in a waffle house and I was looking at my phone. I was just scrolling, scrolling. And I saw that. And I thought for whatever reason, because I remember Emma just coming off of that match with Austin, right. big pay-per-view match. Right. And I'm thinking that this was kind of like a work in a sense, because I've never being on the independent scene, being a part of like Ring of Honor, uh, all of the the overseas stuff that I did, like I, I didn't have time to pay attention to WWE, like I because I was so focused on what I had going on. So I I never saw like WWE tweets. I didn't follow what was going on in WWE. Um, so I didn't even know that that was a thing that WWE like tweeted out when somebody gets released, like for shoot. Right. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, wow, I, I guess this must be a part of like the angle with Oscar. So I remember I tweeted out um, 
I guess this is what happens when I don't even remember. I guess this is what happens when uh, you're not ready for us or something yeah. like that. And I remember, I remember the first person who reached out to me was Patrick, Patrick Clark. For those of you who don't know, Velveteen Dream, Velveteen. Uh, good, good friend of mine, basically like a brother to me. Uh, he 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 texts me. He says, "Hey man, I think I'm hearing some I'm hearing some stuff on Twitter about you." Uh, about a tweet i think you should take it down and i'm like like why like this is no big deal like this it's just we're just like messing around right. and uh he said i don't know man i think this is like i think this is like for real i think like people are angry with you yeah uh and i'm like really and i'm like okay okay i'll take it down before i even get to twitter i get another call from I think uh, I think it was Bloom, if I'm not mistaken, um, and he said, "Hey man, you need to take this tweet down." And I'm like, "I'm on it right now." So I take the tweet down, but at that time, way too late. Right. People have done screenshotted it. It's already been retweeted literally thousands and thousands of times within a span of like less than 30 minutes. Yeah. I see like, Bray Wyatt tweet and Bray Wyatt yeah. after tweets. And I'm, I'm seeing, I'm seeing people in the company, uh, uh, tweet at me. Um, and I'm like, man, this is, this is really crazy. What, what did I get myself into? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man, I, I, it was so looking back at it, it was so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> to, to do that um yeah. I, I i've never been one to like make excuses for anything but like honestly i thought it was uh a part of a work just because emma was just on a pay-per-view with Oscar. right now and I, so, I mean not to not to play devil's advocate but like i remember at the time like emma was going through like a huge repackage and like there yeah were video packages of her every single week so when she got released or when that tweet went out, I was kind of shocked too. I mean, I didn't think it was a, I didn't think it was a work, but I was just like, really? Like y'all just, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Two months on this thing. She's had this huge blow off match with Oscar and yeah. that's it. But yeah, that was. And, and then I remember I put out a apology uh, and I felt like that even got me in even more heat because um you know, I said that I was sorry that I offended people. Um, and fuck, man. Like, I was I was young, stupid, didn't know how the company worked. And, um, yeah, that I was I was definitely in the wrong knowing uh, after seeing all of the, the comments and, and everything. Uh, I knew that I fucked up. I, I knew that it was wrong. And I, I tried you know, my best to explain why I did what I did and that it wasn't in a malicious way at all. Because, I mean, I don't even have the heart for that, man. People who know me personally, they know I'm like one of the nicest dudes in the world. So I would never uh, do anything like that. But um, it was it was crazy, dude. Um, I know you said that you wish I might have wished that that didn't happen. But honestly, I kind of wish that it did happen. I wish I wish um, I'm glad, not that I wish, but I'm glad that it did happen just because it was a learning moment for me. It was, it was, uh, something that needed to happen. And I would rather it happen earlier on in my WWE career than for me to go through something like that later on. Um, 
and it just helped me grow. It, it, it made me, um, you know, learn how this company worked and, and, um, yeah, I, I tried reaching out to, <laughs> to Emma, no, no response, but I remember, I remember, um, I remember just talking to Paige before she came back to WWE and, um, I remember seeing her at the performance center and, and she really helped me out through, through all of that because at the time, Paige is great. She's yeah, great. man, I was, I was getting so many hateful messages and death threats and emails and stuff like that. It was, it, it was really bad, dude. I, I thought about, I thought about just quitting wrestling and all, um, but Paige helped me. She helped me get through that, that time, uh, obviously because of the stuff that she went through and we kind of had like that similar just hate, uh, hatred for, you know, people just having, yeah, man, it was, it was a really bad situation and I, I didn't know what to do, but she helped me out when she definitely didn't have to. So, um, yeah, it was a rough time. It was a rough time for sure. Yeah, wrestling fans. One thing I've definitely learned around uh, being there is that wrestling fans are uh, a very big double-edged sword. They are extremely supportive and sometimes can be extremely insane as far as the yeah. Like, granted, what you did and said, not the best idea, but like, not death threats, like come on, son. Like, yeah, yeah. Your death threats are a bit much. Um, so after, so what, what, what are your thoughts? I mean, I've, I've been following the Instagram for obviously, and just seeing like, you know, the posts about, you know, the run with Lashley and, you know, even when he's on and, and, uh, talking about maybe I need new management or a new wife and you're kind of like egging it on and <laughs> all that type of stuff. Like what is, is there a possible I'm trying to get some breaking news. I'm trying to get my, my, my Ryan Satin on real quick. Is there a possible Leo Lashley reunion of sorts in the works? Uh, so what's going on right now with Bobby and Lon? I think it's I think it's hilarious. I I, I think like women it, can't live with them. <laughs> yeah, man. It's it's pretty funny um looking at it just because uh, like so many people hate it and it's so great it's so great <laughs> that so many people hate it um but you know me me poking fun and and dropping little 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 things here and there uh i feel like i do that because it always comes up i don't i never initiate it i uh i always just get tagged and it's literally every monday my phone blows up every time bobby comes out uh, my phone blows up and I'm like, all right, what are they talking about now? Um, and I, I'll see it. And, you know, it's like, how can you not like when, when it's, when something like that happens and it has such an impact on the wrestling community that they can't help but to bring me up. Uh, or or bring up the pairing with me and Bobby. Like you got it. You have to poke fun at it. You have to throw some things out to make people feel good. To remind people of of what was and what used to be. And you know, it was fun, man. It was it was uh, it was a time that I'll never forget. Um, you know, me and Bobby's relationship grew so much from that short period of time that we were together you know it was so it was so out of nowhere and we both were trying to figure that out 
um, and we made it work. Uh, and it was it was awesome. I think <laughs> I think that at a certain point, you know, you kind of have to, right? You know, yeah. it, it, it has to happen at some point. And if it doesn't, um, and if it doesn't, uh, it'll be it'll be unfortunate. But I think I think overall, I just feel good about it. it. There's just something there that makes me feel good about it because I know, yeah, regardless so regardless of whatever I do in my career, regardless of whatever Bobby does in his career next people will always bring this up. People will forever remember the pairing of Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley uh, because it was truly something special. It was, it was something that, you know, the world hasn't seen before, you know, that, that type of dynamic. Uh, of course, there's managers and wrestlers together, but the, the dynamic that me and Bobby had with the, with the charisma, the athleticism, the, the comedy, the the intimidation from Bobby. It was just all there and it was special, man. Do you think it ended too soon? I definitely think it ended too soon. Um, and I don't know if I always ask myself the question of, you know, why? Why did it get split up? Um, I know there was there was some complications with me and, and the company at the time, but um you know, even even people ask to this day, like, why? Why did this get cut so short? Um, and to be honest, I don't know if I'll ever get that answer. But I know that it was special. And I know that there was so much more that we could have done with that. And I know that the people still want more. Um, but regardless of if, what happens or or not, it was uh, it was something that will forever be talked about um, throughout the both of our careers. So, um, like you mentioned, took some time off from the company, you know, went through what you had to go through. <clears throat> then you eventually came back, and you know, on fire NXT Cruiserweight Champion Survivor Series. The derate of SmackDown on the, on the tank, <laughs> Triple H and Shawn Michaels, yeah. like the whole NXT roster. You got the mask on with the with the, the bazooka on the joint, like an iconic, iconic moment. Just in that whole roster on that tank, recreating that whole moment. Um, tell to me a little bit about the return to NXT. And not just being, you know, you got you got the you got the nice rub from being on the main roster. And you are, you know, somebody with that's kind of like now you're kind of giving the rubs. Now you're kind of coming down with somebody with with some gravitas and working with people who may be new to the company or could use a little bit more of a shine. Like, what was it like to be that guy now? And, you know, bringing back the NXT Cruiserweight title to, uh, you know, the brand that I think should have stayed on originally. Yeah. <laughs> um. That was that was pretty pretty new. That was such a new feeling, um, and so just literally every, literally literally everything that I've been through in the company has been so dramatic and uh, spontaneous and just out of nowhere, and the fact that I'm twenty five years old at the time I was 24 years old coming back to NXT I've already been through NXT once I've already 
been through 205 Live, Mixed Match Challenge, pay-per-views, WrestleMania, Monday Night Raw. I've already been to all of these places and only being 25 years old and being put in a position to work with younger guys as well as helping build NXT as a brand on the brand new USA Network. Uh, it was such such a weird feeling. Um, I didn't know what to expect because, like you said, I was away for those six months. I literally talked to nobody. I I, I kind of distanced myself from from everybody. I worked on myself. I worked on you know uh, things that you know I had to deal with personally, and I didn't know what my response would be. Uh, it, within the company as a coworker to hundreds of other people as well as the crowd. I just didn't know how people would react. I didn't know how people would take me. You know, there's so many stories about me uh, on the internet right now. Well, not just right now, but just like in general um, that, you know, I always wonder, like, I wonder if these people think that it's true or do these people think that it's true? Like, how are people going to react when they see me? And um, people were definitely shocked. Nobody knew that I was going to no, show up I that knew, day. No. I'm like, I, I watched it. I was like, word? I just no, texted I right after. I'm like, I can't hear I... you for, some, for whatever reason. Can you hear me? All that. You hear um, me now? Yeah, people didn't know that I was going to be there at all. So I'm walking around. The cameras are following me around everywhere. And... Um, when I came out and I got the reaction that I did, I'm like, man, this is so, this is so cool. This is, this is awesome. Uh, and I think I felt, I felt like I had a chip on my shoulder. Yeah. I felt like there was something to prove, uh, not only to show people that I'm a decent human being <laughs> for one, <laughs> but to show people that, hey, I can go in the ring because a lot of people that watched me or knew of me just saw me as this mouthpiece on Monday Night Raw. A lot of people had no idea that I was on the independent circuit. A lot of people didn't know that I came from 205 Live. They just saw me as this guy talking on the microphone. So for me to come back, get the response that I did from my my peers in the locker room, to walk out and uh, hear the reception from the crowd, and just being able to show people that, you know, I'm, uh, I'm an all around performer. Uh, you know, I can, I can, I can talk as well as, 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 as go in the ring with the best of them. So that was a pretty cool experience for me. Awesome. Last uh, couple questions I want to ask. Um, the NXT Cruiserweight Championship tournament's going on. Hey, my man, and- Taz, I don't mean to cut you off, but I can't even hear you for whatever reason. Oh, shoot. You can, you can hear me now. You can hear me. Nothing. Damn. All right. Uh, shoot. Uh, anyway, I'm going to try and put the comment in here. But um, <clears throat> NXT Cruiserweight Championship tournament's going on. And, uh, you know, obviously you're not in it. And you've made your uh, grievances known about not being in it. Uh, talk to me about those promos that you put on Instagram to everybody in the tournament. Hold on one second. I'm going to send you the question right now. <laughs> Here we go. Let's see something real quick. <laughs> this is the 
great thing about StreamYard, even if you can't hear me, you can see the questions on the side. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'm still here. We just lost Leo for a second. But obviously, since this is live, a recording, um, last couple of questions we're going to ask Leo is about the NXT Cruiserweight Championship Tournament that starts Wednesday on NXT. And uh, a guy who has won the Cruiserweight title is not in the tournament, and he's let it be known to everybody. So when we get back, we will definitely get Leo's thoughts on what it's like to not be in that tournament and how he's taking it. We're going to step aside for a quick second. Damn, his voice is fucked. Anyway, till then, this is your boy, Kaz. This is Say Less. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, for taking the time to subscribe, watch the videos. We got Leo back on the show now. Sorry about that. Leo, you can hear me now. Yeah, yeah, we're good. All right, sorry about that. So I was I was I was doing like my my best my best uh, wasting time uh, <laughs> thing. But last thing I want to ask you: the cruiserweight championship tournament starts off this Wednesday, and uh, you're not in it, and you have made it known that you are not happy to not be in it. So you went on Instagram and have talked junk about every single person <laughs> in that tournament. Um, do you have any favorites in that tournament? If you could pick one person to say, I would love to go and get my NXT title back from this person, who would it be? Uh, I think Isaiah Swerve Scott. Um, I think I think that he is definitely one of the most talented people that I've that I've, you know, had the pleasure of being in the ring with. Uh on a business level, um that specifically and then on a personal level uh he's just somebody that you know i grew up in this business with you know he was the first person that i ever asked advice um for uh, from a from a from a wrestler and um you know even when i was sitting in the corner at ringside doing security for independent shows you know he was always on those shows and and i would always you know ask for advice he got me booked at major wrestling promotions um, when he didn't have to travel the road with him, uh, wrestled him, you know, all over the country as well as outside of the country, Germany, Europe, uh, Mexico. It's just somebody that uh, that's so talented, somebody who works so hard, somebody who deserves to be in the, the spot that they're in today. Uh, man, he's just, He's one. He's one of the best wrestlers in the world, and, I, and I'm glad that he's a part of this this tournament. Uh, and he's gonna go up against some other great wrestlers. You know, we got guys like Tony Neeson there, who's absolutely incredible. Kushida, uh, absolute legend. Um, who we got? We got the unexpected Drake Maverick. Drake, yeah, I'm so happy to see that. I'm so yeah. happy. There's so many people a part of this tournament. I think. And the fact that everybody is wrestling everybody, I think we're going to see some really cool matchups. And um, but I, I'm hoping and I'm praying that that Swerve comes out on top. And and I'm looking forward to hopefully one day being able to uh, go in the ring with him. 
Awesome. Awesome. Lastly, in addition to all your accolades as a talent athlete, you also do music. You've been putting music out with, with Swerve on his new album, doing music with Josiah, my guy over there that does uh, wrestling flow. Um, talk to me about everything that you have uh, inspired to be outside of the ring. I mean, I know you you have lots of interest. You're big on TikTok, you're big on social. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you're, I mean, honestly, like, and I, and I forgot to bring this up earlier. I think a reason why you got called up so quickly to the main roster is because, like, we saw some of your stuff on Instagram. Yeah. You know, just like, we should be using it. Like, this dude gets it. Like, this is this is what kids are doing. This is what people, this is like the audience that we want. Like Leo gets that. So you're out of the ring exploits from music, social media, acting. I know you're doing a movie soon as well. Um, talk to me about all those things and what they mean to you specifically. Um, yeah, man. I, I'm super excited. Uh, before I forget, super excited to be to be a part of uh, this project that I'm going to be a part of in the future. Uh, Legend of the White Dragon, which is a, uh, a spinoff of uh, Power Rangers with my man, Jason David Frank. Um, Go. Legend, Legend, the greatest Power Ranger in the world. Uh, no question. No question. Yeah, man. I'm super excited to be a part of that project. So, uh, yeah, obviously, obviously, um, I have some interest in, in being an actor. Um, uh, I'm working on some stuff, uh, hopefully with the, with the Wahlberg family. I've been in contact with, uh, Jim Wahlberg, who's a, a huge supporter of mine, good friend of mine now, uh, knowing him for, for over a year. Uh, so, uh, getting, you know, dipping my feet in, in the acting world is going to be pretty cool. Um, as well as, uh, like you said, being involved in music, something that, I always knew that I would have some type of involvement in, you know, growing up with with a uh, a family filled with musicians. You know, my parents were a gospel duet and uh, they had they've gotten uh, nominated for stellar awards in the past. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, I always knew that I would be involved in music in, in some capacity. I just didn't know when I didn't know how and I didn't know exactly what I'll be doing. Um, but the older that I got, uh, I, I started finding like an interest in writing. I started out writing poetry and eventually that transitioned over into uh, writing music, uh, which I finally, you know, cracked that 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 ceiling and 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 decided to pursue that once I had that time off um, from from the WWE. Uh, I thought that was the perfect time just to start to start my music. And uh, yeah, I, I honestly think if it wasn't for for that break, I would never be I, w- I would have never started. I would have never started, you know, putting out music. So, um, you know, things happen for a reason, man. Uh, I, I definitely feel like I have a uh, a, uh, a career in the future with with my music. I'm, I'm super excited to to do you know, what, I, what I'm doing now. Um, I've, I've gotten to work with uh, some pretty cool artists so far. Um, I, I have some some stuff in the pocket that that uh, a lot of people haven't heard yet that I'm pretty excited to put out. Um, so, 
Yeah, man. I, I, I've never been the the type of guy or, or, or kid growing up to just focus on one thing. I've always been so uh, goal oriented and uh, super, you know, adventurous when it comes to exploring different possibilities and, and different careers. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm doing a lot right now. Yeah. But, <laughs> but um I'm I'm super I'm super excited for all of it, man. Well Leo, well, Leo you're one of my favorite people on earth. It's fun work working. It's even better being your friend and being able to talk to you about stuff and all those things, man. Thank you so much for coming to say less and dealing with me and my shitty voice right now. <laughs> but uh if you got any last words you want to get off, the floor is yours, my friend. Definitely, man. Uh, you know, I just want to, there, there's a lot that I'm, that I'm passionate about. Uh, and a lot of people sometimes mistake that for cockiness or, or arrogance because of, you know, my age and, and how much I've accomplished in my, my life or my career. Um, but, you know, I hope and I pray that people can just see that, you know, I love this business. I'm passionate about it. Um, I understand this business. Uh, I know a lot of people get get worked up and, and throw throw knives at me constantly on a daily basis. But hey, I I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you for just simply interacting. And uh, yeah, I, I'm excited for what's to come in the future. Whatever the future may hold, who knows with with, with all of the craziness that's going on right now. But, um, you know, a, a lot of things are up in the air right now uh, with me, but I just want to show people that, you know, I got love for this. Um, I'm hungry. I'm passionate. I'm driven as always. And um, I'm just looking forward to, to what's to come in the future, whatever that may be. Awesome. Awesome. Guys, this has been Say Less. Thank you for listening on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher. You go to my Shorely account. Everything's over there. Patreon, YouTube.com slash Kazim. I'm going to get off there before my voice completely cracks. But thank you so much. Thank you, Leo. And we'll see you tomorrow. Take it easy. Be safe. Yes, wash your goddamn hands. <laughs> Peace.